go whatever i mean uh, that'll be funny so um just before we start how's the weather where you are uh it's kind of cool here so i was in dallas for a gig um through the start of january and uh you know it's it's supposed to hit 50 today but it's about 30 right now out there uh, and that's fahrenheit so it's around freezing right now oh uh, around freezing okay yeah okay yeah. Wow. Well, <laughs> all right so it's about the same here except that it's hailing <laughs> and tonight we're supposed to go down to minus 30 yeah <laughs> so uh yeah <laughs> i don't know if you can see outside it's all white here uh, oh man yeah can't see, but whatever this is the backstage cowboys podcast episode number 12 Woohoo! this calls for a celebration of course i could have called for a celebration earlier on but i just thought of it now i'd like to thank all of our listeners first of all for being there and for spreading the word. If it weren't for you, I'd be talking to myself. Which I often do, by the way, but that's another story. Would you believe I'm also celebrating my 35th year in the show business technical world? Yep, a lot has happened since I first started shoving speakers, mixers, and amps in my 1984 Ford Escort. The first big thing that happened to me is that At some point in time, my career really kicked off when I realized I was not a sound man and started doing lights. Speaking of which, I'm working on my next book called Let There Be The Light Guy. Like my first book, it's some sort of an autobiography, but this time it's more oriented towards my technical career. Whereas my first book was all about my transformation from a fat guy to this handsome, attractive man I have become. Well, anyway, more information on that to come as I try to remember all the funky things that that I've seen and lived in this business. So, what else is new? Oh, yeah. Upcoming is USITT 2019 in Louisville, Kentucky, March 21st to March 23rd. I will be there at booth number 1351, the Spotlight booth. Now, for those who don't know, Spotlight is an Italian manufacturer of very high-quality theatrical lighting fixtures. If you happen to be in the neighborhood, please come and say hi. After that, you will find me at ExpoSane in Montreal, Canada, April 17th and 18th, 2019. There you'll find me either at the AVL Media Group booth showing off my Spotlight fixtures and Able Light consoles, or you might find me at the Sounds Distribution booth talking about Blizzard lighting and Light Shark consoles. Or maybe at the GLP Roadshow in room 512A. Or maybe giving a speech on the history of theatrical lighting and the challenges of transition to LED in one of the CITT presentation breakout rooms. Anyway, if you can't find me, message me through BackstageCowboys.com or the Backstage Cowboys Facebook page and I'll tell you where I am at that time. So, what now? Oh yeah, episode number 12. This time I'm taking you to Nashville, Tennessee to meet up with David Henry, a bright young man who specializes in online stage lighting training. His website is called LearnStageLighting.com. He'll tell you all about it as soon as we're done with this music intro thing. So I'd like to ask the gentleman holding two sticks in his hand to kick this off right now.
uh, yeah, let's get this thing going. Well, first of all, where are you from, man? Man, so I actually grew up in Pennsylvania. Um, oh, okay. And so I live in Nashville, but... Um, but grew up in central Pennsylvania. I love the weather here so much. <laughs> <laughs> I believe you. <laughs> you know, I, I don't mind a little snow, but I, I do appreciate the heat here. And so, yeah, I grew up in uh, central Pennsylvania. I uh, did my first few years of, of this business there and uh, then decided to make the move to Nashville. Wow. And how did that happen? Well, I, I quickly found out, you know, kind of a year or two into it. I was in a, a somewhat rural area, kind of in between a few different cities. And I quickly found out that the off season, it was <laughs> it was big. <laughs> yeah, you know the the off season was was really long. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like three quarters of the year long. Okay, <laughs> and, okay, yeah. And, well, that... and most of the year, I I always felt like I was taking some older guy's job away, like all the time, just because I was <laughs> the younger guy who really you know understood DMX and that stuff. Uh-huh. How old are you now? And so I am twenty eight. Okay, now. And so about 10 years ago, I moved down here. So yes, I was literally 18. Wow, you were brand new. <laughs> yeah, I had worked a couple years down there. And uh, yeah, and I had some friends who lived here in Nashville. And they were like, hey, well, you know, well, you're still young and, you know, not married or anything, you know, like move down here and see if this will work for you. Yeah, I'll bet there's lots of work in Nashville, right? Yeah, there is. You know, it's hard to break into like anywhere. But, mm-hmm. uh, but once, you know, I think... Like a lot of places, once you establish yourself and if you do great work for your clients and, you know, the basic stuff, always show up, smile, do great work, you'll have repeat business that, you know, just comes back much more than you need. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I've been pretty much through that same story. Um, So tell me, uh, you, the way I see it, uh, if my calculations are right, you started at around 16 years old, right? Yeah. Yeah, right about then. How did that all start? Where's uh, what, what, what are your beginnings? Yeah, so this is kind of an interesting story. I was thinking about it this morning, and even when I was a little kid, like anytime we were like at a public event or something, and, and you walked by, you know, what I now know is front of house, you know, my <laughs> head would always kind of do one of these, kind of just turn, you know, and I wasn't always sure why, but there was just a an innate curiosity always there. And so fast forward a few years, um, you know, I was probably, gosh, maybe 11 or 12 or so. <laughs> and my brother was volunteering with the church youth group to do the, the AV stuff. And I quickly found out that if you did that, you could skip the service, the main service. You didn't have oh. to go to the service. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I quickly volunteered. <laughs> 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 and... Um, and then I found out that I really liked this stuff. <laughs> okay, so it didn't start in school. It actually started in, in church. Yeah, yeah, you know, and then I got plugged into the school's theater program. And mm-hmm. from there, thankfully, my high school had a really good program where they forced you to kind of like, hey, figure out like what you want to do like as a career and then figure out, you know, how you need to get there. <laughs> and so they really forced us into that. So, you know, I, I was able to do a, you know, a job shadow, just, you know, show up for a day of work with, with a few guys, um, who did one guy who did lighting, one guy who did installs, one guy who's a touring guy, you know, and I realized I was like, oh, this is really cool, you know, and I was really looking for a job and a career that I didn't have to go to college for because at that point I was in high school and I was not doing great, you know, I was not a good fit for the the way the school system likes yeah, to yeah. teach people, like many of us, and so and so I found this and I was like, hey, 
you know, these people seem to be surviving. You know, they've got families, right, and whatnot, and and they, you know, they seem to not be totally at the poverty level, and oh, yeah. and, and they're happy, and I seem to enjoy this. So, you know, that's I've just kept pursuing that. Yeah, I've mentioned this before. I remember I I started late in my career. I've I've done some AV work, you know, earlier on in my life, but then I I stopped and I started doing a serious job. So I was a computer technician, and then I, I became a financial advisor for some reason. And um, <laughs> and when I got back to doing this, I, I was you know moving lights for a birthday party or something like that, <laughs> and, I, and I felt weird. I felt like uh, maybe I should be working. Oh yeah, I'm paid for this. <laughs> it, it's, you know, it takes some getting used to, but you can actually yeah. make a decent living out of it. So moving from Pennsylvania to Nashville. Excuse my ignorance. What state is Nashville in? Tennessee. <laughs> Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah. That's right. Yep. Okay. Yep. I, I know this. It's just that, you know, my brain's not up this morning. So how how did you... You were 18. So you yeah. just what? You just packed up and left? Or how, how, did you, how, do, you, how do you move from one state to another when you're 18 like that? I mean... Uh, yeah, do you have anything much. planned out or something? I mean, at that point there was Craigslist, and so you know, I literally, yeah, I mean, being a fairly ignorant, you know, young guy, I found a place, you know, for rent on Craigslist, and you know, rented it. Okay, <laughs> and, you know, I had a little bit of money, you know, a couple months worth, and uh, I just, you know, I had a couple contacts, you know, down here, like I mentioned, and they were all like, you know, I was always just trying to talk to people ahead of time and arrange things, and there was a lot of, you know, well. You know, we get this a lot. So once you're down here, call us. And, <laughs> and so I just had to, yeah, I literally had to jump. You know, I packed up all of the stuff in my Volkswagen and I drove 12 hours down here and, wow. you know, found the place I was renting was what? Five guys in a two bedroom. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> you know, it One was it was it was inexpensive, um, <laughs> but you know, it worked for the time being. I think I was there about five months, and then you know, the second I was doing decent enough to get out of there, I sure as heck got out. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so, what's your specialty now? What do you do exactly? Yeah. So my world has has transformed a lot over the past few years. Um, because back in, gosh, 2012 or 2013, I kind of started just blogging on the side mm -hmm. over at LearnStageLighting.com. And I just kind of want to write basically the things I wish someone had told me when I was starting. Because mm -hmm. I don't know how it was when you started in AV, but for me, especially with lighting, like you'd work with different people and you'd get this piece of information from this guy and this yeah. piece from that guy and this piece from that guy. And some of it connected, but there were a lot of holes and just things that were missing mm -hmm. and, and things that just plain conflicted, <laughs> yep. you know. Oh, there was and, no, documentation, uh, no documentation when I started, at least not that I knew of. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you had to learn everything on the fly. I mean, just learning the terms. Like heads up and uh, you know and you know stage right stage left and all that. I mean, yeah. it, was, it was hard to find some documents that that had that, and there weren't many courses in school for that either. So no. uh, yeah, today we have the internet. There's a lot more information going on, but yeah, you, you as you were mentioning, when I started, it was very very difficult. You had to find somebody who knew what they were doing and who was willing to teach you. So what you're doing is is very noble. 
Yeah, so I just started writing, and then there was a point, probably about 2015, I was doing lighting design full-time here for a company. Um, you know, pretty happy, but wanted to work less, of course. You know, that happens a lot in this business. Yeah. Uh, you know, you just get, you just shows get sold and, and you're working. And, uh, yeah. and, and at the, about the same time, the site was really starting to grow, too, and I was getting a lot of emails from people, you know, just a lot of questions, a lot of people looking for more help, especially people who are real beginners or intermediate level. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of sat down and I was like, well, at this point, and at that point, too, I had a son who was a baby, too. So at that point, um, you know, I was like, well, I either need to shut this thing down because it's taking too much time or I need to turn it into something that at least makes a little bit of money to be worth like all the time I'm throwing into it uh -huh. because it's starting to get crazy. And so that was when I decided to to really start, you know, looking at courses and and developing, you know, my first course. I made one for band lighting and then followed up with one on church lighting. And now there's mm -hmm. a whole bunch of them. But, um, you know, really started just focusing on creating the best training possible out there um, for our industry, especially for people who are beginners. And, um, you know, it's it's blossomed into so much now. I mean, as you're obviously aware, um, I was then able to do the Martin M-Series training videos mm -hmm. um, and then um, the nice folks at Lightshark who were uh, both a fan of as well. You know, we got yeah. together and I got to do their videos as well. And so it's it's been a crazy experience. And so now I do probably about 20% um, freelance design work and then, you know, lighting shows, mostly corporate shows, and uh, the rest is all through this website. It's, it's pretty nuts. Wow, that's amazing, man. And, and that's how we met, actually, through the light track thing, because I did yeah. a light track review for Canada. And, yeah, uh, that's right. And at one point, I think you commented on my, uh, on my video or something like that, and uh, yeah, we kind of uh, we kind of connected that way. So now you're you're doing this like eighty percent of the time, right? You're, yeah. you're, you're working yeah. online. It's so, crazy, yeah. Really, and and so you're, you're how many courses do you have out there? Oh gosh, well, um, most of my courses are are kind of encapsulated just within a membership where people pay monthly, quarterly, or yearly, and so within that, I've probably got. You know, there are various sizes, but there's probably, you know, 30 in there. Wow. It's okay. a pretty, pretty in-depth library, you know, from various consoles to, like I mentioned, you know, band lighting, church lighting, DJ lighting, um, you know, basics to how to run lights on the fly to music, you know, all kinds of stuff like that. Okay. And, and um, what was my question? God, I'm out of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> so people just pay just pay like one fee and they have access to all that Is yeah that exactly oh. exactly and there was you know after i'd made my first couple courses um i i kind of launched i think course number three or four and at that point you know just trying to market them and keep all the marketing and all the different pages and the emails and who to promote what to how, trying to keep that all straight got really complicated mm -hmm. and i've you know kind of learned about membership sites just somebody pays they get access to everything and i realized i was like oh that is like so much simpler on me you know on mm. the you know explanation marketing confusion you know it just it simplifies things so much that i can make you know basically the shortest path from someone who needs to know what's going on to getting the information they need. So it's easiest for me, it's easiest for them to get in and then they have access to all the information.
Okay. And are you doing this strictly online or is it, or are you giving like personal courses too? Yeah, so far it's pretty much been strictly online. Um, okay. You know, sometimes people call me on the line and, and we, we have one-to-one chats. Mm-hmm. And uh, at LDI this year, I did do a light shark uh, training with Blizzard, but... Um, but other than that, it's pretty much online. It's it's kind of crazy. I'm not I'm not against doing in person things. Um, it's just so far it's it's been online, and uh, I don't mind that. Well, it's just so efficient. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. And so, how much time does that take up in your day? I mean, all the follow ups and the emails and, and you know questions and all that. Um, you know, following up to people and questions and stuff. It's probably only you know, an hour to a day. A lot of my time mm-hmm. is spent, you know, making new content, um, you know, keeping the courses up to date, things like that, you know, working with the manufacturers. And um, and then, of course, you know, like the past couple of weeks, I was out of town uh, doing a show. And so I was very, very <laughs> much out of touch and, uh, you know, keep it up on the fringes. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, you got to keep active a little bit. Um, I'm, I'm working for a oh, distributor, yeah. so I'm I'm not as active as I used to be. But whenever some, uh, you know, friend of mine overbooks himself and exactly. asks me to yeah. uh, to cover for him, uh, I'll gladly do it just to just to stay in the game. And uh, and we we're pushing Evo Lights console, so I really need to take him out on on the road and, and you know and you got to know it. Keep yeah. Up. Yeah. Yeah. Keep up because I uh, I got lots of questions to answer, and uh, if I if I'm not using them, then I don't have answers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yep. Okay, so you're a, so you're a family man, right? Yeah. Tell me about that. Yeah, so I've been married about seven years now, and okay. uh, we got a five year old son, and so uh, yeah, you know that's me and my wife. We grew up together, actually, um, knew each other, and that was you know part of what what got me to move was kind of like well. I'm not really making a great living here, <laughs> you know. I got to either figure out a different career or, uh, you know, you know, I got to figure something out. And so, and so I, you know, made the move to Nashville partially because we were like, you know, we saw ourselves getting pretty serious, and we were like, well, right now my career is not really, you know, generating an income that. Uh, okay, so you a actually met live. in Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah, okay. we went to school together. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Oh, I see. And you moved together, or she moved after? Uh, she moved after once I'd proven, <laughs> once I <laughs> once I'd proven myself, you know, that, that I wasn't going to get Smart kicked guy. back to Pennsylvania. Yeah, <laughs> smart lady. <laughs> oh, that's cool. So, what's the future? What are you uh, What are you up to now? What's the uh, What's the next step? Man, I tell you, I just take it one day at a time. You know, uh-huh. it's a lot of fun working with people, helping people grow. You know, learning new things. I'm always on the lookout, you know, especially with consoles, because I, I emphasize a lot on consoles um, through my site, because if there's one thing that can kind of either hinder you or give you an incredible amount of freedom in your lighting, it's on the console side. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you, have, you and I have both seen so many times when someone gets sold a console they don't need, either that's extremely excessive or the opposite extremely limited you know mm-hmm. for what they bought in the lights or what they have in lights and and so i'm always looking for those things that um you know those consoles that are really game changers that you know give people more control you know for less costs and can do new and exciting things um and so yeah you know but as for me and learn stage lighting every day you know just 
just hitting the pavement. You know, it's not uh, <laughs> it's not always easy. Some days I'm like, you know, I should just do lighting full time. But <laughs> but but it is it is a ton of fun to teach people. Um, you know, and it, it's continually something that you know continues to grow. And I get to work with these awesome manufacturers and you know help them explain their products, help them make their products better, and um, and yeah, you know, just enjoy every day. Yeah, and and so how many people are um, are are following you? Are actually uh, are are following your courses right now? Yeah, so in my courses, I think there's around you know, hundred and fifty people ish. Mm, cool. You know, in that in that range, and so yeah, it's it's very exciting. It's it's like I said, it's it's an almost full time thing, which is which is really cool um, to be able to do this. You know, I mean, five years ago, if you had asked me. You know, would I be teaching people about lighting on the internet full time? I, I <laughs> probably would not have would not have imagined it was possible. But uh, but yeah, it's... so and and you know the inevitable question that people are definitely asking themselves right now is how much does it cost to get <laughs> on your uh, to get on your uh, on your plan on your teaching? Oh, plan? absolutely, yeah. So um, so when is this coming out? This is coming out in February or January podcast. Oh, this podcast. Sorry. Uh, well, you know what? Normally I, I need a long plane ride to edit all this <laughs> <laughs> and I don't have any coming up until March, but, uh, I will get around to it. I, I figure mid February. Okay. That's great. So because February 1st, um, I'm taking a slight, um, slight price increase. And so monthly is going to be $40 a month, quarterly for 80 and yearly for two forty. Uh, okay. so it kind of, it, simplifies things out and pushes people a bit towards the longer term um which which is better for everybody well but, yeah uh, <laughs> so so if somebody takes the monthly plan is there a minimum amount of months or can they opt nope. out anytime they want they can literally sign up and then and then cancel their recurring billing the second they can't they they show up and they get their month and then uh, when the month's over it ends oh um, okay yeah. Absolutely. It's so, and and all these people, they uh, are they all from uh, from the states, or do you have people worldwide also following you? Um, it's a good bit from the states, but there's I think maybe like ten to fifteen percent are probably um, Europe, and then you know there's a few from Australia, um, mm. mostly English speaking countries naturally, but but um, well, occasionally yeah, I, I you figured. get someone from somewhere weird, yeah, somewhere totally yeah. different. Is the podcast that just it, it kind of exploded unexpectedly because I started it for Canada actually. Oh, and mm -hmm. yeah, because I was just uh, I, I just wanted to bring out some some major players on on the uh, the Canadian scene. Yeah, and then it just went worldwide like all of a sudden. So then I figured, okay, well let's just <laughs> <laughs> let's just get interesting people wherever they're from. You know? <laughs> so this is really getting interesting, and I'm starting to think that I might do some remotes. Um, mm. I was I was hoping to get some interviews at LDI, but I just didn't have the time because I I've also I also have products I I need to take care of. So um, yeah, I didn't get the time to do that, but I'll I'll see if I can get around to it um, when we go to the USITT thing. Yeah, and, and I know you're you're you'll be there, right? Yeah, I should be. You know, it's one of those that it's like literally this year. It's only three hours away from me, so it's kind of a no brainer. I that's was kind cool. of figuring I'd go, and and uh, so you know why not? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's part of the uh, part of the United States I've never seen, so hmm. I'm looking forward to that. 
Yeah. So, well, why don't you tell me about the um, about the shows you've done? Uh, what what kind of gigs you've been on, and 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 you know, some maybe some anecdotes or some experiences you've had that uh, uh, might be uh, a little odd or or interesting <laughs> to hear. <laughs> Oh man, which one? <laughs> yeah, there you go. There's, there's so <laughs> I think much. I put, I put my finger on the button there. <laughs> yeah, gosh, you know, in in over ten years, there's there's so much, uh, so many things that blur together. Because <laughs> I think of you know a lot of a lot of folks that I've fallen into this as well, where you kind of eventually fall into a niche of things that you like, but. Early on, especially when I was first in Nashville, you know, I'd take anything. I mean, anything that that paid, mm -hmm. you know, you know, that's a gig, even if it didn't pay sometimes. And uh, and and so, you know, I started. Gosh, I mean, I started doing up in Pennsylvania. I did like county fairs and weddings mm -hmm. and fashion shows, and and then I moved down here and I went on tour with an illusionist, oh. uh, actually, because I had done an illusion tour in Pennsylvania. Um, it was one of those, you know, very low-paying gigs, but it was a gig in the off-season. Yeah, illusionists are a little complicated. Um, I did a tour with a uh, a comedian magician. Mm, yeah. And, and uh, you know, we, we all know that uh, there's no trick to what they do. It's all magic, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but to keep that magic on stage, uh, mm -hmm. we need to do our work differently. Than, than normally. I mean, you do, light up, yeah. You know, you light up a stage, you light up a stage. But I mean, if you're doing an illusionist or you're doing a magician, uh, there are certain restrictions. There are certain things you have to take into consideration so that the pub, the public get a magic show, right? Yeah. Um, so that's sometimes that can be a little tricky. Yeah, you know, I found illusions really interesting having worked with a couple different illusionists because the two different guys I worked with were very different. Um, you know, one guy was a, you know, you're signing your rights away, you'll never say a thing about anything you saw backstage, you yeah. know, and the next guy was, you know, there was none of that to be seen. And it's interesting because, as you say, you know, especially with illusions, lighting can matter a lot. Yeah. But with the second guy, he actually, he had started and grown up, you know, doing some pretty small magic shows where he often didn't have any control over the lighting. Mm -hmm. And so he literally didn't need anything special out of lighting 90% of the time. You know, there'd be once in a while where he'd ask for something, but most of the time it was just all him. And it was, you know, and it was, it was really amazing to see that level, that level of talent, um, yeah, you know, that's for what sure. I call it talent. Exactly. For sure. I mean, some yeah. of those, you know, those larger illusions and things that do some some pretty, you know, magnificent, magnificent things, um, you know, they're hard work. Like, it's not just a trick. You know, I've, mm -hmm. I, that, that's something that's definitely something you, you learn in this industry when you work with different performers is you gain a lot of respect for what they do. And illusionists are gosh, some of some very hardworking people out there, um, you know, and lighting them could be hard. You know, if you if you do need to light or and or not light something uh, mm, and yeah. and you mess up, then uh, you're going to hear about it. You know, and it's it's going to be <laughs> difficult. You know, I remember there were times where, yeah, we were brought back to the hotel room and it was not always a happy conversation going on yeah. about something. Well, of course, the 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 artist, uh, the artist looks bad. Uh, yeah. Whenever you know we miss our cues or whatever, um, and I remember this this uh, comedian magician. Uh, his, he was so good 
we were actually backstage and he was practicing his card tricks, you know, making cards appear out of thin air. Yeah. And he was doing it in front of me and I could see how he does it and <laughs> I still couldn't believe it. <laughs> I said, okay, I see how you do it and that's yeah. not possible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, did you often have to go far away from from home, or were you mostly close to where where you live? Oh, um, those gigs a, you've been doing really a good mix of both. Um, you know, in the past, gosh, the past five six years since I worked at that production company, I've kind of fallen into the niche of doing a lot of corporate events, um, mm -hmm. sales meetings, conferences, et cetera, et cetera. And you know, those have really become my bread and butter of lighting design. Um, you know, they're. You know, for what they are, they're not always the most exciting thing in the world, but, you know, they pay well, they're fairly predictable, they tend to happen every year, um, yeah. you know, a particular yeah. show, you know, will happen again and again and again every year, and... Um, and you know if you've got one client who does those kind of shows they can they can have a lot of work for you you know potentially and yeah, so and, and you're working in comfortable venues like you, yes. you have uh conference uh, halls and uh rigging is easy uh yep. all the uh, all the accessories are there the lifts are there the load in's easy the load out is easy you're air conditioned or heated or whatever it is you need at that time of year yes so it's a very exactly. comfortable job and you know some people find a way to complain uh, mm -hmm. about their job and it's just I don't get it I mean come on go outside do a festival in the mud let me know if your job is that bad <laughs> yeah yeah I have an audio guy friend who I work with a lot and he, he likes to say you know we're not building roads <laughs> <laughs> there you go <laughs> that's a good way to put it yeah the name of your site is uh, learn uh, learn stage lighting dot com yep LearnStageLighting.com. Yep. Okay, so people just c can go to your site directly and sign up for the courses, right? Exactly. Yep, exactly. You'll get some information yeah, as you browse through the site. You'll see it. It's called uh, Learn Stage Lighting Labs is the, the site that's got, you know, all the courses in it and all that jazz. But uh, uh -huh. but even on the free site, there's there's a lot of articles, you know. There's a YouTube where I've got videos that I'm always posting about various things. And, um, you know, yeah. It's, uh, okay, so why don't you take me through all those courses and t what do you talk about in those courses and what, what can somebody expect to learn, um, you know, from from following these? Yeah, yeah that's uh, I'm in an office, right? And I got people calling me. Uh, maybe not necessarily me, but I got people calling on the intercom. Oh. And we might have the uh, the warehouse manager that'll just yell out my name because he has a question or something. <laughs> and, and I like you know I like the live side of this. I mean, whatever yeah. happens, happens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is a no rules podcast. <laughs> it's just like a real show, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, yeah. So what uh, what can we expect to find on on your uh, thirty somewhat different courses? Yes, I just pulled it up and uh, like here if I start, you know, I've got a couple courses on um, church lighting. Oh, actually, I'll use my site to filter. Yeah, so I've got like five courses here on church lighting to start off. You know, mm -hmm. one's like the real basics, like if you know nothing about lighting, you know, this uh -huh. is square one. What is DMX? What is a console? You know, what cables do I need? Where should I put my lights? You know, level one. It's about three hours, and it gets you, it gets you really, you know, gets you a good firm footing where where you can make a good basic lighting setup look great. Um, cool. Then I've got um, a couple advanced courses on church lighting where we dive deeper into you know design, programming, using different angles of light, things mm -hmm. like that. Um, 
popping over to the band side, we've got primarily two courses. Um, one is called the Lighting Basics Blueprint, and what it does is it just uh, walks people through, again, base level. You know, you know nothing about lighting, and you want to create a great lighting show for your band. I show you how to do it. Um, we talk about what console you should use, what software you should choose, what lights you should get, how to save time setting things up, how to you know troubleshoot when things don't work right, all that goodness. Um, then that's mm -hmm. followed up with another course called From Zero to Lighting Hero, which is just um, an extension of it saying, okay, now it's no longer, you know, two trees in the front and a couple backlights. <laughs> you know, now uh, let's talk about putting a real, you know, good full rig together for, you know, a band in a club. You know, not huge, but but of of you know a bit a bigger size. You know, say you've got a twenty four foot stage or something, and you want to fill mm -hmm. it with lights. Um, then we've got Puntastical. This is actually one of the more popular ones um, because it's just um, basically riffing off that the word punting, which is of course running lights just on the fly to mm -hmm. music or you know whatever. Uh, but the 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 biggest thing being that this is a an area that people find hard to, to learn and i understand because i've been there that you have to be able to program your console in a way that you can get to what you need quickly but that you don't have too much stuff that you can't find what you need so mm -hmm. that you're always able to make the changes in the lights that you want when you want that change to happen um hopefully at the the speed or the rate that you want it to happen at um <laughs> you know as you and i know that's going to depend a lot on on your console um some consoles are more uh forgiving and more able to do that kind of stuff than others that's right that's right <laughs> and and then it's all about how you program and how you place your stuff on the console yeah and uh yeah i'm uh i'm, I'm a fan of that i'm a fan of not programming too much and giving yourself the freedom to follow the band and just jam and try to play on the same note. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, like, you know, as an example, perfect example of this is, you know, I was doing this show last week and they had a party night, you know, on this corporate show, so they brought in this band. And, you know, I really didn't have to program anything for the band because I've got a pre-programmed punt page, you know, in my MA mm -hmm. that's in my show file, and I just clone the rig into it. And then it's there, you know, I know where the stuff is and it's a good, you know, you just follow what the band's doing. And yeah, so, but let me, let me just ask this question. Are yeah. you the kind of guy who drags his, uh, his framework of programming and you load that up and, uh, and you start from there? Or are you the kind of guy who likes to start with a clean slate and just have nothing in the board before you start a gig? Oh, I like to preload things in there if I can. Yeah, uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. I like to start with the template file. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, okay. I am all about having a starting point. Um, yeah, know. I'm the opposite. I'm the guy who starts with an empty board. <laughs> yeah. Don't ask. Don't ask me why. Well, it all depends on you know how the, the complexity of the uh, of the the install. But under 24 moving lights, yeah, I like to start fresh. You know. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, so we were going through your courses there. Yeah, so that was uh, some band lighting stuff. Then we've got mm -hmm. um, a DJ lighting one-on-one course that just talks through, you know, people who are DJs, how to get started with lighting and not just be on sound active mode. 
Um, mm-hmm. That's a big that's a big theme on my site. A lot of places is yeah. you know you could use sound active mode, but uh, you know if you're here, you probably know that you don't want to use sound active mode. And yeah. Let yeah. me show you why. You know you don't want to use that and how you can do so much better um, with with just some basic tools. Yeah. If you your know. music is tight, why shouldn't your lighting be tight? Exactly. Exactly. It makes you uh, you know a cut above everybody else. Exactly. Exactly. And then um, on the, you know, the technical side, I cover, um, I've got courses on Entex DMX's console, D-Pro, uh, then Chave Show Express, we've got the good old Light Shark, we've got um, Alation's Onyx, formerly Martin's M-Series, and uh-huh. did I get everybody? I think I got everybody. <laughs> We've also got a course in here about professional lighting console basics, which is just like the, um, you know, just the basics of moving light consoles. You know, uh-huh. what is tracking? You know, what are palettes or presets? You know, how do effects work in these consoles? You know, generally across all mm-hmm. the consoles. Because when, when it comes down to it, you know, if you're using you know, Onyx or, you know, a hog or an MA or, you know, even your, your friendly Avo lights, there's a lot that's shared (laughs) between Mm -hmm. them, you know, there's, there's a lot that's the same across these consoles. And so in that course, we go over all of those things and teach you those. Um, Oh, and then we get into uh, networking, lighting for video. Um, We get into working with uh, custom LED pixels and map pixel mapping. Um, Okay. And okay. so, yeah, working with Previs um, Capture. So there's there's a lot going on. And, uh, that's the uh, about the 30,000-foot view of uh, most everything. So you're using Capture. Are you using the, uh, WYSIWYG also? I do not have WYSIWYG. No, I've just no? got okay. Capture. So you're working with Capture. And, uh, mm-hmm. and, and uh, uh, concerning the, uh, the more professional consoles like the MAs, the HOGs, and, uh, and I'll mention AVO lights too because that's kind of my... Uh, kind of my favorite um are you doing anything specific with this uh, these lines of consoles yeah so i just do onyx um most mm-hmm. of my audience at this point is more beginner level so if they're okay. gonna use a professional console they don't really want choices um they they mm. generally want you know something that is at a reasonable price point that that will do what they need and i think an onyx is by far in my mind you know the best fit for that that market the fact that they've got you know multiple you know M Touch and M Play those hardware interfaces for five hundred bucks, you get a nice mm-hmm. wing that you can actually do stuff with is you know absolutely a game changer, you know compared to what was around before where you know a thousand dollars ish could get you a playback wing, but to get yeah. one that had a programming section was you know maybe three grand for the the Camsys. Um, I'm not sure, and so um, it's something that people ask me about a lot, and I may. It's so tough. There's only so much time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, that's you know true. I'm always trying to make sure I always stay on top of keeping my tutorials on every console I do fully up to date with the latest software. And so every time I add a console, that's another that I have to mm, keep track of. Another thing you have to keep maintenance on. You know, yeah. I, I you know, I, I I like comparing them and I you know, I don't mind all those other consoles, uh, but uh, but I do really like Onyx. Um, I did have the experience back in August. I did. I spent 10 days on an Avo, which was the mm-hmm. first time I had touched one since a 
Pearl 2000. Okay. <laughs> so it was a little different. It's another world, isn't it? Yeah, you know, and it was a new, you know, uh, PC Titan, you know, with the wings and stuff. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, it was a different world. I spent, you know, of that 10 days, I probably spent about seven getting mad at it. And then the last three, I was like, okay, <laughs> okay. I, I respect you, Avo. I, I now... I now grasp how you want to work. <laughs> it's very different, but I now get it. It's it's it. I get. I now see what's how this works and why people like it. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, you know? if you go on my site, backstagecowboys.com, you can download a manual that I wrote. Oh, cool. That is, um, yeah, it's a small manual, and it's strictly a. Um, it it helps do the transition. Yeah. So if you're used to working with a hog and MA or even a Compulite, because I, I used to be a Compulite guy too, uh, too. and uh, yeah, so this manual takes you, if you're used to working with a certain console, uh, takes you from where you, I, I know what you're looking for, mm-hmm. and I know how you're looking for it, Yeah. so I'm going to take you directly to how you should interpret that with the Avolites console. So that kind of demystifies, you know, the thing, uh, where the hell is this, or <laughs> how come I can't do this, or why doesn't it work like I, I'm expecting it to work? Yeah. <laughs> so it just brings you into the mentality of, of a different console, and I've been through that so many times. I mean, <laughs> making the transition between CompuLite, MA, uh, Hog, um, Martin, <laughs> yeah. Lights, and so on, and now the Light Shark, but the Light Shark is magically easy. It, so it's, yeah. it really is, yeah. Yeah, it's funny how they've they've put it together. The way that, that it seems to be to me is it's kind of this magic um, blend of Avolites and, and Camsys and Hog and like it kind of there's a little bit of everything in it and uh, but it it works really well, yeah. Yeah, that's what I say. I mean, if you have never done any lighting in your life before, within an hour, you're able to do something. Yeah. And if you are a lighting guy, give it 20 minutes and you figured it out, you know. <laughs> so yeah. it's pretty cool. Although now that they they just put out a um, a manual that has 150 pages, so that'll be interesting. <laughs> I, I still have to go through that. They did. Um, I've read but, it because um, I actually I looked over. They translated it to English, but then they sent it over to me and had me, uh, had me go over it. And that was good uh-huh. because their English translation you know it wasn't it wasn't spot on given that they don't speak english um as their you know primary language yeah, or anything near yeah. it you know especially you know when especially when it comes to industry terminology and things like that that just don't translate well from someone who learned english yeah. you know from a book effectively um, and if uh, if you do speak a little spanish then you get it you know you, you read it and you say yeah okay i know how they're thinking and all that and me being a french guy i have that that thing too exactly Sometimes i read something in english that doesn't make sense to somebody like you maybe <clears throat> um but me i get it okay i know what they're trying to say it's just that they're saying it wrong and you know i and i still have that problem too sometimes i speak in english and it comes out funny <laughs> because i'm thinking in french you know yeah yeah <laughs> and now i got to get the uh, the light shark guys to translate their stuff in french because i get a lot of calls for that <laughs> mm-hmm. maybe i'll have to do it whatever yeah, but like you're saying, you know, that's one of the things I think is pretty amazing about the Light Shark. Um, I don't know how you found out about it, probably the same way I did. You probably walked by it at LDI, you know, two years ago. Uh, maybe not. And I walked by it, and I was like, oh, look, another PC wing. And I went, or, you know, walked right <laughs> past it. And then on the last day, I was yeah. walking around, and, and I walked by it again, and I started talking to the guys. And I was like, oh, this is this is really something, you know. It's not yeah. just another, you know, $1000, you know, PC wing. It's literally a full console 
for a really reasonable price that seemingly can do some cool stuff. And it can. And, um, you know, I love that comment that you made about um, about the time that it takes to learn it. You know, somebody who doesn't know anything could mm-hmm. be going in an hour. Because back at LDI this year, um, I'd taught a course the day before LDI for Blizzard, a, you know, a Light Shark 101 course. And they scheduled it for like five hours. And, oh, God. <laughs> and I was like, and I was like, well, guys, you know, I'll teach everything you want to learn, but this may not take five hours, <laughs> you know, and sure enough, it, it, it didn't, it was great. There was, you know, tons of time for questions and all of that stuff <laughs> and everybody oh, yeah. was happy, but with what they learned, but it's sure, uh, it's, it's amazing what you can do in such a small, um, inexpensive package. Well, yeah. And actually I found out about it. Um, my, uh, managing director just put a pamphlet. He was, he came back from ProLite, I think it was. Oh. And, uh, he, or, or something in Amsterdam. I don't remember what trade show they, there's so many. And he just put this on my desk. He put a pamphlet on my desk and he says, here, have a look at this. And I had a quick look and I said, oh, great. Just what we need. Another console. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he said, no, no. He says, really take the time to look at it. I said, okay. And I looked at it and I said, okay, you got to get one of these down here right now. <laughs> and he says, that's what I thought. <laughs> he's pretty good at spotting. He's a sound guy, but he's very good at spotting good products, you know? Yeah. And um, yeah, that's it. And there's this question that's been, been at the back of my head um, almost since the beginning of our conversation. You talk about church lighting, you talk about band lighting, and you talk about corporate lighting. And Here's my question. How is church lighting different from something else like like band lighting or festival lighting or uh, or, or corporate or or a tour lighting? Um, what is specific about a church that that you would do a course just on that? Well, it is and it isn't different. Um, and that's mm-hmm. what makes it interesting. You know, <laughs> all, all, really, all of these types of of lighting all have things that they share as we know and uh-huh. so for example church lighting you know obviously there's a music portion you know if it's a, a more modern you know worship band then mm-hmm. you're probably going to match that with the lighting so that's not really any different from band lighting um yeah. you know it, it might be you know toned down a little it might not be it, it really depends on the individual church um but then you know you've got that but then there's also the fact that you might be running iMag, you know, video on the screens mm-hmm. <clears throat> or live stream, and you need your stage wash to look real good on video for that. And with yeah. band lighting, usually that's not top priority or, or anywhere near there unless you're on, you know, a very large stage. Um, usually up until that point, you know, the front lighting is kind of, there and it's not it's not really well thought out um and so you've got that aspect of it too which comes you know very much from the corporate events or theater world of of doing your wash nice and so it's really you know it's a mix of both um it's Mm. you know and it can be you know very theatrical as well you know some slow subtle changes um you know can make a big difference across the church's stage and so like any type of lighting, um, you know, it's got the things that make it unique, but at the same time, you know, there's also nothing new under the sun, um, per se, where, you know, all lighting in some aspect, you know, is going to share some attributes. 
Well, exactly. I see church lighting as um, as I see corporate events because there's so many different types. Mm-hmm. There's so many different acts. We've done circus acts on corporate events. We've done uh, speeches. We've done broadcast. Yeah. Um, and the the I think the complexity of church lighting is hanging because many buildings were not mm. designed to hang fixtures. Uh, so sometimes that's a challenge. To yeah. Getting the fixture in the right position. And um, especially because of many of these buildings have uh, funky architectures. So um, this, it's not always easy. And you want to respect the building also. You want to respect how the, how the building looks. And, yes. and sometimes these are 100-year-old buildings, and uh, we don't want to wreck anything exactly. just by trying to make them modern. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, one question I have also is uh, church, uh, what, of all the churches you've done, Mm-hmm. And this has never happened to me, but I do have the question all the time. Has there ever been um, a church gig you've done where you actually uh, smoked up the room? Oh, Hayes, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Hayes. Oh, definitely, yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when I was actually, before I moved down here, um, I was working for a company, and yeah, we were doing some conferences uh, for this particular church group, and it was at a church. And, and yeah, they even had a hazer at the church, and they were Whoa. like, you know, have at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that, yeah, that that was uh, that was my question because I've it never happened to me so far. <laughs> although I have not done many many churches, and the churches I have done that required haze were kind of transformed into venues. <laughs> so it was not a service; it was oh, more I of see. a show. It was right. more of a production right. thing, you know. Got it. And and uh, sadly, many churches are being converted to venues now because uh, they're kind of being deserted. Mm. Um, I don't know if that's the case uh, where you are, but uh, over here, many churches are kind of going out of business. And um, and I think some of the uh, administrators are getting the idea that, yeah, well, if somebody can buy the building for a buck and turn it into a theater, why don't we just keep it and do that ourselves? Oh, interesting. And, huh, yeah. You know, yeah, and then you can keep on doing services, but at the same time, your 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 building is generating money instead of costing. You know. Yeah. And, but we're totally elsewhere here right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. So, have you always been uh, strictly doing lights, or have you touched other aspects of uh, of, of all the uh, audiovisual stuff? Yeah, I've done a decent bit of audio as well too, and so mm-hmm. and so absolutely, I've totally done a good bit of audio um in my day i'm not as up to speed as i once was you know i think i learned i was i was quite good on the like yamaha's like you know 5d 1d m7 ls9 range um those are obviously not current anymore (laughs) but but um but even the other week you know i was i had gotten called in um on a Sunday afternoon, I just sitting down to eat lunch and, um, and my phone rings. I'm like, that's odd. And, you know, sure enough, there was, there was a no show, you know, LD on a tiny gig, you know, locally here. And so I was like, well, I guess I'm coming, you know? And, um, (laughs) and then, you know, we got it set up and they were having a little dinner and it was real basic, you know, but they're having a little dinner and the audio guy went out to troubleshoot something for the, uh, Oh, for the camera crew, because they weren't getting signal, but it was their wireless system is 
anyways, their problem. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> no surprise there. But uh, and it was an X32, and he was like, "Well, can you just can you just watch this for a minute?" I was like, "Yeah, I'll watch it for you." And sure enough, you know, you go from someone who's like six foot ten standing at the podium who who'd put the mic up for him to this lady who was like, "Oh gosh, four foot six, <laughs> you know, <laughs> total opposite." And she doesn't even consider moving the mic. He doesn't think about it, and she's just sitting there you know, doing this, looking up at it. And I was like, well, let's see if this works like those old Yamahas. And sure enough, it did. So, you know, you, you know, I've, I've learned a good bit about video along the way. I sure don't know as much about video as I do about audio or lighting, but, um, you know, I think if anything, you know, it's important to at least get a small skill set in all, all the areas because you never know when it's going to come in handy. Oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And sometimes, you know, one person has time to help the other. So if you know a bit about what they're doing, then that certainly helps. Yeah, you can run the cable in the right direction, you know, things like that. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I still run some backwards, though, sometimes after all these years. Oh, especially (laughs) audio cables. They're just, you know, I mean, when you think about DMX and, you know, it's just so backwards. Um, But (laughs) Yeah, well, one time I had uh, a a guy and a girl, young, young people. They pulled a um, a feeder, I think it was uh, yeah it was a synagogue, and they pulled a hundred foot feeder four zero mm-hmm. uh, camlock. Uh, for those who don't know, the uh, that's five cables uh, the size of my thumb. Okay, and that means and, heavy, <laughs> and that means very heavy. And so they pulled the whole cable and up through the stairs, through the mezzanine, back down into the venue, then all the way up oh, to the no. stage, and they got on stage oh, and no. they brought me the mail end. Oh, no. Um, so the mail goes to the panel, of course. So mm-hmm. I had to tell them, well, I got good news and bad news. And they said, what's the bad news? I said, your feeder's backwards and you're going to have to rerun it. I said, what's the good news? Well, after this happened once to you, it'll never happen to you again. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. think about it next time. <laughs> yeah. You're triple checking that one uh, next time. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay, so uh, I'd like to know uh, if you have any particular advice you'd like to give uh, to people starting out in the business out there or who would who are thinking of doing this uh, for a living. Yeah, as as you know, as weird as this sounds, and you know, I, I think anybody who's been in this business for a while can probably tell you this: that you know, being polite and being slightly persistent is going to go a long way. You know, not crazily persistent, but, you know, like when you're looking for work and, you know, you're getting contacts, you know, from whoever or you're just literally cold calling companies, you know, it does make an impact, What even if it doesn't feel like it, when, you know, you call people back. If they call you, you know, you make sure you reply to that. If they don't call you, you know, you call back about once a month and you just let them know you're available and you'd love to work for them. You know, unless the person on the other end of the phone says, don't ever come back, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, you've pretty much got fair game to, to continue to stay in touch with them. And, and then, you know, when you are working with someone or even before you are, after you are, whatever, you know, just being polite, make sure you communicate whether you're talking, writing, you know, clearly, you know, you're using, you know, decent grammar, things like that, mm-hmm. you know, not using all caps, just like, just trying to make sure with the people you're working with that you be really respectful really goes a long way. It's, it's like, you know, the people that, you know, continue stay busy and work again and again and again and again, aren't necessarily the very best people at lighting. 
you know they're yeah. they're probably quite yeah. good but the fact that they're easy to work with and they're mm-hmm. reliable and they're nice is gener- is you know are the things that that gets you on that list in somebody's head that when they need somebody they're going to call you yeah that's one of the best pieces of advice we've had on this podcast <laughs> i mean i hear a lot you know uh show up on time and uh and uh, you got to be careful with your attitude and all that that's very very important and everything is learnable but uh your attitude is belongs to you yeah um that's yeah and uh and it's funny because uh, what you mentioned there remind me, reminded me of how i got my first job um, I think I was 12, 11 or 12 or something, and they told me, well, there's this agency that hires students, and they, you know, they find jobs for them uh, here and there. So I go to this agency, and uh, I sign up, and I tell them, okay, I'd like to work, and they say, yeah, okay, we'll call you if we have anything. I said, okay, great. <laughs> so the next morning, I come back. I say, hi, I just wanted to check up and see uh, what you had for me, and uh, yeah. well, we have nothing. We'll call you if we have something. I said, okay, fine. I walk out. I came back the next morning. Um, so the first time I went was on a Monday. Uh, on a Wednesday, so that was, you know, second time I went back. Uh, I was coming in there as if I was coming into work. Yeah. You know, it's like, you see, I can show up on time. I'm here every morning at 8, you know. Yeah. But I didn't mention that. I just came in and said, well, so you have something for me? And then uh, they said, no, no, we'll call you if we have something. <laughs> I said, fine, see you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> and they didn't let me exit. They actually gave me something. So it, <laughs> it just, it only took two repetitions <laughs> to actually get a job. And I worked all summer. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, persistency is, is, uh, definitely a key thing. And it, it really, I mean, as I've, I've hired people many times in my life as, as a director and all that. And, um, of course the person who shows up every morning and who's ready to work, uh, or, or maybe I've, I've actually been a booker in my life. And in the morning, when I get in the morning, I have a bunch of gigs to book. Mm-hmm. And what do I do? I wait an hour and see who's going to call me. Mm. So everybody, anybody who calls me gets a gig. Yeah. For sure. And after that, I start calling people once once I still have some, some uh, spots to fill. But definitely, if you're, you know, if, if you're, you have the initiative to call me, you definitely get a job unless you're really, really rotten at what you do. Uh, but that that doesn't happen very often. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you still get called for gigs, right? Once in a while. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. I was in a pattern, you know. As the web, it's like the website was growing, you know. But also, I'd been in Nashville longer doing gigs, and so there there was a point of a couple of years here where I just, you know, constantly unfortunately had to be turning things down, which is always hard to do. Mm-hmm. But, but at the same yeah. time, you know. Nashville's probably for a while had a shortage of good LDs and, and, you know, and multiple people have told me this. And at the same time, you know, this business is growing and I have to put more time into it. And so Mm. thankfully that's, that's finally died down. I still do a fair amount of gigs. Like my phone just, you know, yesterday rang with one in a couple of weeks, just a quick one day, you know, I was like, (laughs) okay, you know, but, um, but yeah, I still get a lot of calls for gigs um, because, you know, people, People need good lighting people, and uh, you know, happy happy to work with, uh, especially people I've worked with before. You know, you know the experience. Um, sometimes, as you find, it's just as important um, who you're working for. You know, they're they're obviously hiring you as a lighting person, and they care about getting a quality a quality person. Yeah, yeah. But um, you know, there's there's also uh, there could be some 
some bad company experiences on the other end, you know, for sure, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and you gotta, you know, you always gotta watch out for that. You want to give people the benefit of the doubt, but as you know, you've probably done some, you know, once in a rare while you go work for somebody and you don't get paid or, you know, you mm-hmm. get paid much less than you thought. And, and, um, and so, you know, especially as, as I've grown, it's, it's great to just have, you know, a small, a few clients, like literally like two, you know, of production companies yeah, that, yeah. that I can work for. Um, and, you know, no, they're going to be reliable. I have an idea of what gear they have. And so it makes, you know, everything a lot easier. Well, yeah, I, I, I kind of trimmed it down over the years too. Uh, well, especially earlier on in my career, because I had this company I was working with, and then all of a sudden we have downtimes here. Uh, not as many now, but at the time, uh, January was slow, and August was slow. Mm-hmm. And I'd, I'd start the year in January, and nobody was calling me. So I was, I'd freak out and I'd start calling everybody and saying, hey, I'm, I'm available, I'm available, I'm available. Uh-huh. Nobody had work. And then in February, March, everybody starts calling me and they're all frustrated because yep. I'm not available. Yep. <laughs> and so I, I understood after a while that downtime means vacation. <laughs> just, just wait and stick with the companies that you're comfortable with and, uh, and, and you'll go a long way with that. Um, there's one thing I wanted to ask you, like when you, when somebody calls you mm-hmm. and says, can you do this gig and you can't for a reason or another, um, are there any people you like to refer or, you know, among all your students, um, can somebody expect eventually to, uh, to get some, uh, some insights on, on how to get gigs or, or get referred? Um, does that ever happen? Yeah. So, I mean, the, you know, the things we've talked about so far are already, I've talked to people about, um, most of my students are not trying to do this as a career. Some are, some do. And I definitely Mm -hmm. share this kind of info with them, but, um, but yeah, I have a handful of, you know, two, three, you know, good, you know, local guys here that I would trust, you know, to take gigs. Um, Mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, I absolutely do you know, pass those along when needed. Um, as I mentioned before, these days, I've kind of got two clients that, that um, I do most of my gigs for, and they they know all the names I know by this point. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> They'll so, call them themselves. So, right? yeah, if they, if they call me and, they, and I can't do it, they've, they've got the list already. <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, that's cool. Any Anything you'd like to, to mention uh, before we go? Yeah, absolutely. I'm trying to think. We've we've covered a lot here. It's been a lot of fun. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, I just encourage people, um, you know, no matter what you're doing with lighting or audio or whatever, um, you know, I think like I started my career with um, is if, if you find somebody who does this for a living and they love it, then then you probably can, too. You know, and um, mm-hmm. and you can you can definitely, you know, find a career like this that while it has it's ups and downs. It has its hard parts and it's easy parts. Um, you know, it's a lot of fun and, and it's a great industry to be a part of. Wonderful. So learnstagelighting.com yes. is how you can reach David Henry. Uh, this, uh, this has been really, really cool. And I'm looking forward to uh, meeting you in person at uh, the USITT uh, event. Absolutely. In, uh, Louisville, Kentucky. <laughs> and, I, and I have to think about it, not to say Louisville, because here in Quebec we have a Louisville. <laughs> and, uh, and for the first time I read it. I actually read the name and I said, okay, there's no E there. So. <laughs> Louisville. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, uh, listen, man, it's been a lot of fun. I, I really appreciate you accepting um, to, to do this. Yeah. And, uh, and and I also appreciate the fact that you're actually recording the audio on your end. Because <laughs> um, the signal's pretty good here, surprisingly. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, like I said, I like to keep a standard of, of quality. So uh, this is really cool. If you can uh, ship me that, then I'll synchronize it and uh, and we'll have a cool... Uh, cool cool episode absolutely yep you bet thank you so much hey take care thank you and uh see you soon awesome man see ya bye well that concludes episode number 12 of the backstage cowboys podcast thanks for listening folks a special thanks to avl media group and avolites who in my opinion make the best lighting consoles in the world if you'd like to test drive an Able Lights console or get free training, contact me via BackstageCowboys.com. This is Claude Vier returning you to whatever you were doing before tuning in. Stand by music and go. Go.